You are listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Well, good morning, church. Um, can I just go ahead and say, I'm going to be all over the place today. Um, this is just been, it's an emotional day for us because of uh, this will be the last time we gather as a church to worship in this building, as far as we know. Um, first service was more excited than y'all, I'm just going to say. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not kidding, that's true. But anyway, um, and so today, I'm just kind of all over the place. So um, if this is your first time at Vintage, um, I'm, I, I'm not usually like I'm probably how I'm about to be. Um, so just give me some grace. Uh, because today, as we finish this service, um, we don't conclude another day of worship. We don't conclude another series. We are turning the page on a long chapter in the story of our church. Um, and I'm trying just to soak that in. And, and, be, and be grateful. Uh, and some of you guys, you're, I mean, this room is crazy full today, and there's a lot of new people at our church, and you've only been here maybe for a short time, and, and you don't know all the story and struggle um, that this journey has been for us. Um, and some of you do, and you're going you're gonna to hear it again right now, okay? Because um, uh, a little over 10 years ago now, we, we started this journey um, that became Vintage Church. And it was something that God had just put in my heart and, and called me to, to this area. And when, after a year of being in the area, we had 12 people uh, in a living room that kind of decided we were going to start gathering together for worship. And to watch it turn into what it has become has just been amazing. And it just shows you, like, um, God, I'm a dysfunctional person. Don't look at me with those eyes of judgment. You are too. I'm just willing to say it. <laughs> um, and God is reminding me, like, God can use your dysfunction. What he can't use is your disobedience. So if you're dysfunctional like me, just be glad that God can use your dysfunction. What he can't use is your disobedience. And you be obedient to God, and he'll do amazing things for your life. Um, but we, we've been in several different locations. For 10 years, we've been portable. We've been setting up and tearing down and doing this like crazy. And, and especially for the last five and a half years, we've been turning. We moved to this school from the high school because we just, we just outgrew it. And so we came here um, in Palm Sunday of 2012 and have been doing this for, for five and a half years. And if, if you've never been a part of set up and tear down, I, I, I kind of dislike you a little bit right now, but... I'll get over it. Um, just kidding. Uh, it's been a journey. It, it's a lot of work, and um, it takes the dedication of a lot of people just to give you the opportunity to come in here week in and week out and worship. And I just want to take a moment. I can't name them all because there have been so many. For the men, women, and children who have sacrificed so much during this season of our church to set this room up and tear it down, I will forever be grateful and honored to know you and be your pastor. It is, it, it's amazing, but um, today is, is our last Sunday in this building, and um, soon we, we step across the street into a building that, that God put on my heart 
um, seven years ago, se- about, about seven years ago, um, uh, I started praying for that building. And not long after we moved into this one, I stood on this platform and, and told our church I felt like God had promised me that building. And then um, for the last couple of years, I felt pretty foolish because um, I just kind of given up on it. And now the fact that we are just we, a couple weeks away from moving into that building it's just proof that if God has promised you something, he will deliver. Amen. 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 In his timing, and his timing sometimes is very frustrating. But amen. Uh, but stay the course. Stay the course. Um, today is our last Sunday in this building. And unfortunately, uh, we will not have our first worship gatherings over in that building until Sunday, February the 4th which is two weeks from today. Um, so we will not be having services on next Sunday because snow is from Satan. <laughs> Demonic flakes that fall from the sky. <laughs> if you love snow, you're a demon too. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know it's white as snow, but it's a trick of the enemy. Um, but the snow kind of put us back a couple days, and uh, at best, maybe, even if we could get in there by next Sunday, we would be pushing the folks that are helping us get this thing ready to the limit, and we just want to make sure that the first Sunday we're worshiping in that, in that building, we're prepared and we're ready. We have waited far too long for this, to have the first Sunday in that building so stressful for our leaders and our volunteers and not knowing all the kinks are worked out and all the glitches are taken care of and just kind of go in there and it just not be all that it could be because we tried to rush it. Um, just because we don't believe, I believe that excellence honors God. And this will give us the opportunity to train our volunteers and get them prepared for the first Sunday when we come in that building and just be ready to worship. So next weekend, and the reason why we can't worship next weekend is because everything that we have is going to be moving over. We're repurposing a lot of this stuff and things like that, and we wouldn't be able to have child care, and it would just be impossible. Um, And so today we have volunteers that as soon as this gathering wraps up, we're going to start tearing down, and we're going to, if you saw the trailer row, out in the, in, the, in the parking lot, we're going to be moving everything over. But this is what we want to encourage you to do next Sunday, um, especially if you're a part of a life group. Gather with your life group. Get with whoever's the point person in your life group and, and just plan to get together next Sunday. Would you, would you just t- make an effort to do that, to get together and pray for our church, pray for your pastors, pray for all this move and that God would just continue to work it all out and make the rough places smooth uh, and just plan a gathering with, with your life group. If you're not in a life group, do me a favor. Stop by the connections area, um, the, the next steps area in, in the lobby. Even if you're not ready to join a life group, but you just want to find a life group that will let you in next Sunday, I guarantee you there's life groups that would love to have you come and hang out with whatever they have planned next Sunday. So life groups, plan a meal together, plan to get together in a home, plan to do just something to connect and pray for your pastors as we get prepared to make this transition. And on Sunday, February the 4th, we're going to move into that building with a, with a powerful new series, ready to go and ready to enter in to the next chapter of our story. You with me? Amen. Amen. All right, now I'm going to preach a sermon, if that's all right with y'all. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. We're going to conclude this series that we've been calling Routine Resolution, and I think this is a perfect way to close out this chapter in our story and to close out this series. Um, If you haven't been with us, we've been in since the beginning, since right before actually the new year ushered in on, on December 31st. We kicked off a series that we're calling Routine 
resolution. And it's rooted in Romans chapter 12. And so I'm going to read that passage one last time as a part of this series for us. So if you've got your Bibles, got the app, pull it up. Romans chapter 12. We're going to pick up with verse 1. You ready? Say amen. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I've submitted to you that right here in this chapter, in Romans chapter 12, Paul gives us the roadmap to lasting change. That, God, that he sets a target for us to aim at in the first few verses of Romans 12. He says, therefore, I urge you, dear brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. He said, I want you to set a target for your life. That the desire of your heart is to give yourself fully to God. To where you get to the point, if you're going to follow Jesus, man, you go all in. That you stop playing this little church game, this little Christian in one minute and not Christian in another minute. Like, if you're going to follow Jesus, then offer your entire being as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And this will be your spiritual act of worship. And then you'll be able to know what God's will is. And then he starts giving us the, the things that we need to know in order to make that happen, to hit that target. And as we've stepped into a new year and we make these resolutions, whether that resolution is that target of, of 2018 being your year, or finally you give yourself fully to God, will you stop playing this game with God, okay? It's not anymore, okay, like I'm going to be a Christian when things are good or when things are bad or when this or when that or when I'm around these different people. Like I'm going to stop. I'm going to get off this fence-riding faith that I've been on. Or whatever the resolution is, I think what Paul gives us next is the roadmap to making it happen. Because the next thing he says is, okay, if you want this to happen, then here's what you're going to have to do. No longer conform to the pattern of this world. Like if you want to hit that target, you're going to have to change the pattern. The world is trying to draw you into a pattern of living that you're going to have to break away from in order to be what God wants you to be. And the way I translate it is Paul's basically telling us you need a new routine. That you don't need another resolution, you need a new routine. That you can set the resolution, but if you don't have the right routine, you'll never see the resolution realized. And that we, so many of us, we set, we've made the same resolution for the last decade because we've never gotten it right. We've set it and failed, set it and failed. And maybe the reason why is because we've never embraced the routine that would make it possible. So this year, we're going to make the resolution the routine. We're going to do the hard work of figuring out, all right, what's the routine? What's the pattern that I need to live by in order to see that resolution realized? 
Well, it's easy to say I want to be a better husband or I want to lose this amount of pounds or I want to make this happen in my life and set that target, set that goal. But if you don't embrace the right routine, it'll never be realized. You with me? Say amen. It just won't happen. And so Paul says a new pattern. And then he says, you know what? The next thing after he says the new pattern, he says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Then he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Like you can set the right pattern, but if you don't have the right perspective, nothing's going to change. That there's a mindset that if you're going to pursue the things of God, that's got to happen. And you actually have to set your minds. And the problem is most of us move into a new year with the same old way of thinking. Or we try to achieve new results without thinking in a new way. That we, our bodies physically might move into a new year, but mentally we're still thinking like five years ago. And this happens to so many people like, you know, God has saved you and set you free and it's time to live in freedom and you can't live like a son when you're still thinking like a slave. That God's got to change your mindset, got to change your perspective. But then Paul goes on after he says, be transformed by the new of your mind. Then he starts talking about the church. He says, well, one thing you've got to realize is, is like we're all part of this body. We're all connected to this community that God has ordained and established and we need each other. Because we don't all have the same function. And we don't all have the same gifts. And we don't all have all the same things. And, but we come together and we're connected as a unit. And we're surrounded by the right people. Then awesome things can happen in our lives. That you can have the right pattern and you can have the right perspective. But if you don't have the right people, you'll never hit the result you're hoping for. You follow me? You with me say amen? amen? So this is the way we've been saying it. Like if you want to experience that lasting change, if you want to hit that resolution, that result, that target you set, you need a new pattern a renewed perspective, and with the support of the right people. But there's one more thing that Paul says here that is valuable and important that we need to dive into. Because after he says that, he goes into verse 6 and starts talking about gifts. Let me read it again for you. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So what Paul's trying to say, like, once all this stuff begins to happen, once you start um, coming, living in that new pattern with that new perspective and with the support of right, that right people, what you're going to discover is there are some things that God has put in you. There are some gifts that God has put something in you. And I need to just tell you that today. God has put something in you. God has put greatness in you. I can see your excitement. <laughs> this is what you need to know. Like God has put something in you. And I know there may be people in the room like you don't get that. You don't feel that. Either number one, you're still kind of trying to figure this whole God thing out. And you're still not quite sure which way you're going to go when it comes to faith. Or you've lived with so much frustration your entire life and you've had failure after failure and roadblock after roadblock. And I'm sitting here telling you that God has put greatness in you. This is what you know, that you have been uniquely shaped and formed and designed by a creator, your heavenly father. That God has put something in in you. And that thing he has put in you, he has put it there intentionally. That you are created by your heavenly father, by his glory and for his glory. That you have a purpose for being alive. And I know that like, that's hard for maybe some of you believe. Like I don't care what your mama said. 
I don't care what the circumstances were that surrounded you entering this world. You have a purpose. Every human life that's ever been conceived has a purpose. Before you ever came out of your mama, you had a purpose. And I don't care what the circumstances were. I don't care if somebody told you that you were the result of a one-night stand or an affair or you were conceived in a loving marriage. You have purpose. I don't care if your biological mom was 16 years old and knew that she couldn't take care of you and so decided to put you up for adoption and God saw fit for you to grow up in the best home a young man could ever imagine and one day be able to lead an awesome church. God has a purpose for your life. And I wish I could convince you to believe in that. Because some of you have 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of life and people telling you something different. You're here. You're breathing. You're alive. You have purpose. In spite of the scars, in spite of the baggage, in spite of, you have purpose. But this is something else you need to know. That the only way for what God has put in you to truly be unleashed is for you to embrace what he has planned for you. What he has put in you can only be fully unleashed when you commit to what he has planned for you. That the fullness of what he has put in you will never come out until you are willing to commit to what he has planned for you. And so many of us spend so many years not experiencing all that God has for us and, and allowing our, our lives to just be fully unleashed into what he has put in us because we never are, have the courage to embrace and commit to what he has planned for us. And until you decide to allow your dreams to align with his vision, you'll never experience real fulfillment. Come on. Until you, because see, most of us waste our lives on our plans instead of his purpose. Amen. We're chasing our plans because our plans will always be catered to our preferences and not his purpose. Right. And if we ever get to the point where we're able to break that. See, I know you, you probably got big plans for you. And you know what? That's great. But can I tell you something? His purpose will always be better. My plan was to teach history and coach. That was my plan. It wasn't God's purpose. And I can only imagine where I would be right now if I had to chase my plan instead of his purpose. Because here's the thing. Your plans won't last. Some of you are like, well, it's lasted this long. It's only a matter of time, bro. You know why I know that? Because it's what God's word says. Proverbs 19, 21. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. It is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Purpose. See, when, 
As long as you're chasing your plans and as long as your your pursuits are driven by your plans and not his purpose, they're always going to leave you feeling a little bit empty. They may be satisfying for a moment and for a season, but his purpose is what you need to commit to. And if you really want to unleash what God has put in you, you have to embrace his purpose. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, he prepared you for what he has planned for you. And when you allow that alignment to happen where your plans and his purposes meet, it can unleash powerful things in your life. Let me give you a good theme verse for your life. Look at Exodus chapter 9, verse 16. Because I think this not only applies here, but it applies to every human on the planet. For I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. You want to know your purpose? Bam. There it is. Like God has raised you up for this purpose so that throughout your life, you will see the power of God displayed in your life. Do you know that God wants his power to be visible and seen and unleashed in your life? Come on. That's what he desires. You think, well, I don't see it. Maybe it's because you've never embraced his plan. And he can't unleash it until you do. And he says, see, I've raised you up. I've allowed you to be born. I've allowed you to live. Do you realize that God could have put you in any place and any time in all of history? You know why? He's God. He's God. He can do it. He can do what he wants to. This is what I learned. There is a God. I'm not him. And he can do what he wants to do. He, and he says, that, you might, that I might show you my power. God wants to show you his power. Isn't that cool? That God wants to show you his power. And that may, might be proclaimed in all the earth. So this is how this thing's going to work. If you want to experience real lasting change, You need a new pattern, a renewed perspective, the support of the right people, but you're also going to have to be driven by his purpose. Like what, What drives all this is going to have to be God's purpose. The driving force in all this stuff that you're trying to do will have to be the purpose of God. You can have the right pattern. You can have the right perspective. You can have the right people. But if you're not driven by the right purpose, you'll be driven in the wrong direction. It's just true. And so many of us, we've got the right pattern, we've got the right perspective, we've got the right people, but what's driving us is our, is our preferences or our plans. That's the engine driving this whole change that we're trying to achieve. It's not the purposes of God. And so if I don't, if I don't help you, if we don't get this last thing, then the last three weeks have been useless. You'll end up somewhere. It just won't be the right somewhere. The goal of your life isn't just to hit a destination. We'll all end up somewhere. Come on. Every one of us will have a destination. The question is, will it be the one that God wanted for you? Or will it just be yours? Driven by purpose. So that leads to the question. See, purpose has to be what sets and drives our pursuits. Those resolutions that you're setting, those goals that you have for your life, 
are they set because of God's purpose or your plan? Have they been determined by your preferences or his purpose? Like the things that you're pursuing right now, it's great that you want a new pattern. It's great that, you, that you're allowing yourself to have a new perspective. It's great that you're surrounding yourself with the right people. But really, what's the motivation behind it all? What's, what's the driving force behind what you're pursuing? Is it God's purpose or your plan? And let me tell you something, church. I've had to wrestle with this a lot in this season. What, what's, what's driving us to make this move across the street? Is it my plan or is it God's purpose? Is it my preference not to be here for hours on end every weekend? Or is it God's purpose? Because, see, even, even what feels like a really good decision, if it's driven by anything other than God's purpose, it won't be the right one. It's got to be driven by God's purpose. So I've had a constant, are we, are, we moving, are we moving across the street? Just so we don't have to set up and tear down anymore? Because you could, you, I know it's not, it goes against our culture, Never make a decision just because it makes it easier on you. Got a culture that's afraid of hard work. Nothing good ever comes unless it's got hard work involved in it. And let me tell you something. There's some people now that think, oh, we've arrived. Oh, we have a building. Let me tell you something. Now more than ever do we need to work hard and go after it. This is not a time to slow down or start just giving up. Now more than ever. You know what? I would say to you, the real work's just about to start. So what we have to, I have had to ask myself all, that question all throughout this journey is, are we doing this for the right purpose? Is, the, is God's purpose really what's driving us? Because if it's not, if what we're pursuing isn't driven by God's purpose, it will never land us in the right place. So what's driving your pursuits? That thing, that, that, that desire that you have for your family, for your marriage, for your finances, for your career. Because if it's all about you, and it's not about God, then you won't land in the right spot. What's driving your pursuits? And see, this is what a lot of people end up getting driven by. A lot of people are driven by passion. 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 It's a trendy word. And we think, you know what, like, like that, that's, what it, that's what it takes. Like, we need, we need passion. Passion is, is what drives us. But let me just say, solely being driven by passion can get you in some really dangerous spots. Some of y'all are here today because of one night of passion. Yeah, you heard me right. Come on. I mean, there's a lot of passions that I've had throughout my life. That if I'd have been driven by those passions, it'd have been really dangerous and bad for Matt. Anybody else can testify with me? There's been, see, passion alone is not necessarily a good thing. Like passion, can, if, if, if solely passion is controlling your life, then it can take you down some really dangerous roads. Testify somebody. Because see, passion without purpose will always be misplaced. You hear me? Passion without purpose will always be misplaced. And you know, we're passionate about a lot of things. CrossFit, bro, it's my passion. My passion. And here's another thing we can make sense sometimes is just because you're passionate about it doesn't mean it's your purpose. Right. Well, I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate a lot about, about a lot of things that ain't my purpose. See, purpose 
determines passion. Passion doesn't determine purpose. You're letting the wrong thing shape the wrong thing. Passion without purpose will always be misplaced. And Scripture warns us about this. Romans 5, 7 says, For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work, at, or at work in us so that we bore fruit for death. See, it says, all right, there's, there's a time in your life when you're outside of Jesus that, that passion is in control, and you can be passionate, and your passions can pursue you to chase things. And not only will they pursue you to chase things, they'll, they'll produce a result. They'll bear a fruit. But do you notice the kind of fruit that the wrong passion will always produce? Death. Some of you are dying passionately because your passion is without purpose, so it's misplaced, and it's leading you to the wrong direction. Man, I am preaching today. Galatians chapter 5 says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That means when you come to Jesus, you crucify those things that are pointless passions. And you allow the purposes of God to be where your passion lies. Passion without purpose is misplaced. Titus 2 Verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and be self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. See, like, you can't just be driven by passion. Passion without purpose will always be misplaced. And you know what? Purpose without passion will always be mediocre. See, I'm not, passion, passion is not a bad thing. Passion is a necessary thing. But passion without purpose is misplaced. And purpose without passion is mediocre. If, you don't have, if you're not passionate about God's purpose, you'll never do what it takes to achieve what he wants for your life. Because let me tell you something. God's purpose is hard. If nothing in this, if, if this 10-year journey called Venice Church has taught me nothing else, is God's purpose, there will be a lot easier things you could pursue in your life than God's purpose. God never said it would be easier. He said it would be better. Don't get it twisted up. Passion without purpose, misplaced. Purpose without passion, mediocre. All the time I have people ask me, how do you get people to show up week in and week out and do all it takes to make weekends happen for Venice Church? You know what I say? Got no clue. I meet with church planners all the time. Hey, man, we're going to be a portable church, and we're doing this and that kind of stuff. You know what I say? Don't do it. If you can talk God out of it, quit. But if you know this is from God and you pursue it, you better pray you get surrounded by people like I would have been blessed to be surrounded by. Men and women who will work 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and on Friday before going home to their families, they come here and sweat and bleed so that you can have somewhere to worship every weekend. You know why? They have passion with purpose. They have passion with purpose. Passion with purpose causes you not to see that I'm just putting out a chair. Passion with purpose tells you I'm creating an opportunity for somebody to sit and hear the gospel and find hope. And see, some of you, you need a little more passion with your purpose. Why are you teaching kids on Sunday? This is my purpose. Why would you 
why would you tell somebody about Jesus? It's my purpose. I got to preach again today. It's my purpose. Man, you combine passion with purpose. And see, Jesus warned us to be careful about pursuing our purpose without passion. He warned us very harshly. Remember this in Revelation chapter 3? I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. See, you get a place full of people that are passionate and on purpose, God will unleash things like you've never seen in your life. When you get, see, churches that make it, churches that do great things for the kingdom of God, or kingdom of God are people, are churches that are full of people that are passionately living on purpose. And churches that die are either churches that never truly understood their purpose or aren't willing to have the passion it takes to really live it out. The reason why God has been doing so much through Vintage Church over these years and the reason why God will continue to do so much in this church, it won't be because we have a new building. It won't be because our experiences are going to be able to be nicer and we'll be able to do a whole lot more. Our church will be what it is when it is full of people who are passionately living on purpose and it's not tethered to a building or to an experience or to a place or to an environment or to a condition or whether you feel like it or whether you're happy or sad, but because you know a God in heaven created you for more than you're living for and you have the courage to step out in faith and pursue it. That's why I'm really excited about the future of our church. Because week in and week out, I watch one more person get passionate about God's plan for their lives. And the more and more and more I see that spread among people, it reminds me, we're going to do something great for God's kingdom. Two passages of scripture, and I don't even remember what all they say. I hope they fit with what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> Romans chapter 8. You've read this passage a lot. Romans 8, 28. We love it, right? Makes us feel good about ourselves. It says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to their plans. His purposes. See, that's... Do you see those last few words? To me, they're the key to unlocking the rest of that verse. Yeah, that God works for the good of those who love him and those who are pursuing their, pur- their purpose in him over his plans. And if you really want to see God unleash great things, God has put something in you. God has put something in us that will only be unleashed as we continue to pursue his purpose. So what's going to drive your life? I'm committed. Our staff, our leaders are committed to making sure that every decision that we make as a church is in accordance with his purpose. And see, there's going to be times if you pursue God's purpose, what he wants for you, what he calls you to do, it ain't going to make sense. Testify? It ain't going to make sense. You're not going to understand why God's calling you to do what he's calling you to do. You're not going to understand why he's calling you to do it when, when he calls you to do it. But you know what I've learned in my life? I don't have to know why because I know who. I don't have to know why it took 10 years to get here. Because I know who has been leading us all the way along. 
I don't know why he called us after we had pursued other options. I don't know why. There's, I don't know a lot of whys. But you can drown in the whys. The whys will paralyze you. But if you know who is calling you over there. There's some of you are like, why are we moving out of the school? First of all, you've never set up. Second of all, the answer is simple. Because the who that has been running this church from the beginning has called us to that place. So what's going to drive you? It's going to be the year of change. It's going to be the year where we hit the marks that God has called for us. But if you have the right pattern, you have the right perspective, and you have the right people, but you're not driven by the right purpose, it'll land in the wrong place. Bow your heads, close your eyes with me. God has done a lot of work in this room. Been a lot of decisions made in this place. A lot of lives changed. And right now, he's wanting to do some work in your life once again before we leave this building. Some of the coolest moments have been right here. Don't be in a hurry to get out of it. Right now is the most vital time every Sunday when God, is, his word has come forth and has fallen on your heart and your ears. And now it's a chance before you get out of this building to wrestle with it. To decide what you're going to do with what he just planted in your heart. There's been days when we're getting ready to tear this stage down. And the floor covering right along the edge of this stage is littered with tears. Of brothers and sisters wrestling with the truth that God just put in their hearts. So one more time we're going to do that. I invite you to stand reverently with me quietly. If you would stand to your feet. We're going to worship. And I just want you to wrestle with this question. What's driving me? What's driving me forward in 2018? What's driving me? Is it my plans and my preferences or is it God's purpose? And if that's your heart desire for God to be the driving force, for his purposes to be what drives your heart forward, just use this time as we worship him. Father, I pray that you'd speak to hearts once again. Help people to wrestle and make good decisions, decisions, God decisions, decisions that you've been pushing them to make maybe for quite some time. And God, may every person in this room make a renewed commitment to your plans, your purposes for their lives, and surrender to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net.